to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Mike Stafford. It is Thursday, August the 10th. All right, all right. It's our summertime special once again. This week, we got two new soap boxes. That's two new soap boxes for you guys and two musical choices. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do that for you guys. Of course, we're going to have our happy birthday shout outs and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. They said enough is enough. Why rough and get stuck? Why knock? It's a must. Why knock? If you buck, why? I need cookouts on August 5th for the rest of our lives. Mark your calendars. I need kids in the unhouse getting free haircuts. I need step competitions and JSAT battles in a neighborhood near you. They wanted to put white people on the Juneteenth flyers? Cool. Cause this one's for the niggas. Strictly for the niggas. This one's for the niggas. What? The real niggas. Y'all already know what I'm talking about. Them shirtless boys? Skip to their loo. Aquaman? Said I will cross the ocean for you. And calling that boy Scuba Gooding Jr. is nuts, and somebody need to tell your ass up. I personally favor calling it the Ballad of Montgomery, and let me tell you why. Number one, let's talk about the doctor that man worked on. Emphasis on worked. That black man labored for a commercial company derived from the ancestral grounds where black people were commercially traded on the Alabama River. The staff on that steamboat labored on a vessel that literally carried enslaved people and dropped them off at said dock to be sold and separated from their families. Oh, but the violence! What Chris Tucker say? I don't give a fuck. Look here, let me tell you something. We are elated. We are ecstatic about this footage. And contrary to popular belief that black people are inherently violent, so we would just want to see other black people be violent, no, we're happy because we got to see other black people be free. Glory. Black people free to defend themselves, free to meet every action with an equal and opposite reaction, free to come to the defense of one another, free to express their rage. It is as much cathartic as it is revolutionary. <laughs> could literally cry. And for them to do it so freely without the threat of dying is soul stirring. It ignites the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Nonviolence was the most effective option in the mid 1900s because hanging was a sport. It was a pastime, period. And the judge, the jury, the executioner, and the police took part in the hunt. Nonviolence has functioned as a barometer for propriety and decorum for so long that many of y'all have confused what was once a strategy for intentional passiveness. When ain't nothing about us ever been meek, white people have actively tried to convince you that violence does not get you anywhere, all the while using violence to get them everywhere since 1492 because they dread the day you choose to wield violence against them. Talk to him. Now with that said, ain't nobody telling y'all to go around cracking heads, Unc. Cause let's not act like y'all wasn't lucky that nobody had no guns out there. And back to you, Unc, because I understand that you've been waiting on this moment all your life. But the fight could have gone longer if you did not whack him all that lady. The gender ratio was doing perfectly fine until you went in on the overkill. Which leads me to my favorite part of the whole video. I don't wanna ever, 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 ever hear y'all talk about black women don't support black men ever again. Cause not only did my sisters get a few mink minks on them white boys, but they kindly peeled every single white woman off of y'all and took the miscreants to task so y'all didn't have to put your hands on no ladies. 
And here's the thing, if you missed it, the reason why so many people flocked to the hat signal, why old boy crossed the ocean for us, was not just so they could get a few licks in on this gloriously historic day. It was because if nobody jumped in, those four white men would have killed that security guard and or severely hospitalized that man, leaving his life and the people in his life severely impacted. And this is what we mean when we say black lives matter. The entitlement of white people has been so pervasive that black Americans have had to choose to play small. They have had to choose to turn the other cheek, have had to choose to reverse the natural flow of outrage for survival, storing it in the pits of their stomachs, compartmentalizing in the most fragile parts of their brains so when it does leak out, it usually never makes it to the people, the channels, the institutions that deserve their rage, but hits oh so wrongly on the people that surround them. And even then, choosing to play small doesn't always save them. Now I know this event will do nothing but embolden the good old boys in the small towns around the lynching sites with Jason Aldean that would have wanted to kill us anyway, but hopefully it'll knock some sense into the Karens and Kevins that never really wanted to smoke in the first place. Cause what Stokely Carmichael say? All the scared niggas are dead. I'm supposed to be on a vacation, damn it. Carter, let's go. We're out of here. Let's go. We're out of here. So, um, I guess we have to talk about it. Everyone else has talked about it. It's been circulating all through the ether, on the internet, social media. Um, the brawl on August 5th in Montgomery, Alabama. Funny thing is, my in-laws are from Birmingham, Alabama. And, of course, they were excited to see this as well because they grew up in the area and in the, in the state, knowing how much the racism is down there. I've heard some speculation that there was a Trump rally not too long before or after that. So there was a little extra spiciness just when they saw a brother out there literally just doing his job. Not disrespecting anyone, not putting hands on anyone, but then this one guy comes flying out from off camera into hitting this man upside his head. Now, the reaction was funny. And he threw his hands up in there or threw his hat up in the air. I get that. And y'all knew that the time is now had to come in here and, and chime in on something on this current event. So here we are. Um, what people don't seem to understand, what I mean by people, the people who are not part of the culture who don't seem to understand is, is like, why is this such a big deal? Why are a bunch of people glorifying beating down another person? And, and, and moreover, not, not even acknowledging the fact that that man was getting beat down like that. I feel like they would not have said a, uttered a word or flinched. It was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, that's unfortunate. The, the thing is this. The difference is, is that you had citizens or, 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 or white people beating down a black man who was part of security, who was pretty much part of the authority being mobbed. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot, as they were trying to say on social media, it would be a bunch of thugs. Oh, look at these thugs out here. They deserve everything coming to them, right? Whereas the reason why black people reacted in that way and people were trying to, they, they were proud about that moment. I'm going to take a different spin or different take on it. The difference was this were civilians attacking a person of authority. Back when we were just having our recorders up because we were afraid of being killed because a lot of the times it's the authority attacking a civilian, a white authority attacking a black civilian. So we don't feel, we feel afraid. We're, we're innate to think it's ingrained in us. That's the police. You got to respect Popo and you got to just keep your eyes straight. Don't say anything. Don't, don't, don't react because they're going to kill us. And at this moment, we say, okay, enough is enough. Because in that moment, we took out all those several hundreds of years of mistreatment and says, no longer you guys gonna sit there and try to string us up. That's what that, that's what it looked like. It looked like an old fashioned lynching because 
Well, they all saw that this man may not make it home to his family. And for what? For doing his job? Would the reaction have been the same if those were police beating down that man? I don't know, because they have guns. And even so, even if in those areas where those are carry states, the black man has a gun and cop has a gun, but if you kill a cop, you're automatically dead as well. So then what, you can stand your ground, but can you stand your ground against police officers even if they're doing, they're quote unquote, doing their jobs and doing it unjustly? We sat back way too long. George Floyd has highlighted that. We sat back. We had to sit there and watch them kill that man. We had to sit back and watch them choke out Eric Garner. We had to sit there and they nearly beat the life out of Rodney King. They had to sit there and just record it. And in this instance, it was a form of get back because you have a, 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 a systemic thing in this country where the white people are higher citizens and black people just got to know their role. And in that moment, it's being celebrated because they're like, no longer will we sit back and allow you to go ahead and, de and, and dehumanize us and make us a lower part of this country. And I totally understand it. I took me so long to even respond to this topic because on that very same day, it was the day my father took his last breath. So I, I, I was oblivious to it for a couple of days because I was just surrounded and, 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 and I still haven't returned all your calls or messages. I haven't even put all the likes on the comments on, on Facebook. I'm kind of like just still processing that. But in this instance, I feel like I need to speak up on this and explain and give you a different take or or highlight some things that may have been missed out or left out the, over the last few days. Yeah, some people in our community saying this is not something we should um, glorify. When <laughs> they come out with songs about it, they're talking about this should be a national holiday and all those things. Now that's just foolery, it's, it's, just, it's really making fun. But you have to understand, you have a people who are used to being oppressed and, and, and the people who have been discarded by this nation and looked at as second-class citizens, you could say we've had a black president, but it was just more about um, symbolism, timing, because you guys just didn't have enough good quality candidates. It's so many different things. It's not like he's the first black person to run. Listen, as we sit back and we watch this country in turmoil, you have a presidential candidate who's leading in the quote-unquote polls who is a known criminal, and they're going to back him anyway. It lets you know the status of the mindset of the majority of this nation. The majority of this nation are afraid to ban or have stricter gun laws, not even banning them. You have people in other countries who look at us as the gun-wielding country. Oh, be careful, those Americans, they have guns. This whole country has looked as, as like we're a bunch of mobsters. We're ran that way. How is everything heavily taxed? Even, even this lottery, someone just won it in another state, not California, I checked. At $1.58 billion, half of that's getting taxed by the government. Where's that money going? You're literally free, willingly giving money back to them. In other countries, it's, it's non-taxable. So how does that work? Everything is so highly taxed, less, but yet still they tell us we're in a huge deficit. We owe money to China. So you have a country, you have, you have a bunch of people who do not to take care of their finances. You have a country who, who has the, a, a, a criminal state where we have all these different mass incarcerations to keep peddling their way of economics, which is cheaper free labor. And yet still all we can show for that is a military force that just has more bombs than everyone else and a high capita of, of, of violence, a violence-filled nation where our media, all it does is peddle more violence and, and fear. But it's supposed to be the greatest country on earth. 
and we have so much turmoil we have so much internal hate for one another because we just don't outline and expose what for what it is we can move past it and i don't want this to be what they say it's a melting pot no because it's going to end up being one color and that color is going to be white i want it to be a kaleidoscope i want it to be where we can all actually see color and appreciate each other's color each other's background each other's heritage get to a point where guns are not the the backbone of this nation where slavery is not the the essence of this nation where we killed off the original indigenous people just to make space for our own why couldn't they not coexist and live together that's the history of this nation and it continues to show itself and rear itself now with the, the technology where we can actually see and understand other things and the way they're going to be stricter they, they're going to make it to where they don't want americans to to infect other nations where you'll be stuck here because I don't want to raise my daughter here, but because of the ignorance and fear, I don't know where exactly I can move her to. Where can I move her where she can grow up in a better situation and be safe? Is capitalism something that's positive? We've been taught to know that other things are socialism and whatnot. When you have a when you have a country, when you have a society that values entertainment more than education, you have a problem. Because why is entertainment so valuable? Entertainment is there to distract you from what's really happening behind closed doors. Let me slow that down. Nowadays, there's so I've noticed this because I have my own business. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to be there for my daughter, coach, and everything like that. And I notice I don't have time to watch all the pertinent things that are on television. If I'm watching sports, that's my three hours. That's it. I only got three hours to give you each day. So there's so much content now. Even with all the writer strike, they even have reality shows. There's so much content that I am unable to consume all the things that I want to see. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I want to see. It. I can't. I don't even have the time. So I'm sitting there like, wait, wait a minute. Why is there so many options? Your Prime, your 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 Netflix, your your Hulu, your your Max, your Disney Plus, your Peacock, your Paramount. Why are there so many different outlets? And it still is Big Daddy Cable. Why are there so many outlets? If you are ignorant to the fact of what's happening in the backgrounds of society, where the where the, the 1% or less than 1% these days are doing to control your future, they can control what's happening with your children and your children's children because of greed. They're going to make money on the front end by distracting you with all this different entertainment, air quotes, while in the background making lo- policies and, and, and laws and lobbyists are putting things together that's going to affect you directly. You got the minimum wage not even... Uh, 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 allowing you to have a normal life you're consuming all these different things you can't even afford to pay your rent or mortgage or light bill you're literally living check to check how many people are able to even save you can't save anything because you're trying to consume 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 we've been tricked into a society that's telling you have to have the nice flashy thing even me i drive a range rover do i need it nah not really but to pedal what I'm pedaling, to sell what I sell, to say, I got to give you an image to say, you can follow me. You can you can understand or trust what I'm doing. You can see that I'm successful. I'm successful because of what you see. You see my Range Rover. You see the house. You see these things, but you also don't see that I have debt. What is success? What do we label it as? Why can't I, I drive a Corolla, a beat down Corolla, and have no bills and show you that I'm a successful businessman? You say, oh, this guy obviously not doing his job or doing his things because he's driving his beat up Corolla. That is the capitalist society we live in. It's detriment in the long haul because you end up working just to get by. 
It sounds like slavery to me. I'm working just to have housing over my head. I'm working just to eat. I'm working just to have just enough just to get by. And I'm slaving to it because if I don't work, I lose it all. Shouldn't I be working just for the joy of it? Shouldn't I have the option, especially if I own my own business, to leave and go and come and go as I please? Shouldn't I be able to go and travel wherever I want to travel? But I'm slave to this. I'm slave to these bills. Like I said, this is a soapbox. I'm venting it all. But I want to give you so much. I just wanted to sit here and plant a seed that y'all can all just formulate thought and think about what's happening around you and why it's happening. Don't just sit back and take it at face value and just consume it and just be entertained by it and move on. We just move on to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to where we're all in the form of idiocracy. What happened to free thinking? What happened to analyzing? What happened to understanding what's happening before you and formulating a cognitive thought. That's why the soapboxes are here. To bring back, to formulate thought. It's all it's meant to do. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time. We do not have the rights to this music. Won't you please slow it down? I'm trying to talk to you, darling. Trying to fall with you, darling. Do you hear me? And no, 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 nobody can stop it. The love you got for me And every time I look out of my seat Cause they chest, they vest, they flesh Yes Tell me how you feel right now Cause all I wanna do is keep it real right now I'm trying to beat it up, beat pills right now Athletic in the sheets, I got skills right now hey, Red bread with some red baby hair Ballin' in that club, ain't some speed ah. Pop they pop they free like red Yellow diamonds on you like a glass of lemonade Kill me, Kill me. I know it I know it. Newport. Newport. I won't Till we don't like support I split it with you if we get half of Michael Jordan No toilet tissue, tissue, cause life is short No passport to go with me, I hope you get deported
Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562 Seven eight eight eight. What can I say? I love PDA. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday. So let's go from friends. Matt LeBlanc turns 56. Glorilla turns 24. And Ben Balor turns 42. Sandra Bullock turns 59. And Soldier Boy Tellum turns 33. Bryce Young turns 22. And Jason Statham turns 56. Afro Man, because I got high, he turns 49. Alvin Kamara turns 28. And Kate Beckinsale turns 50. Hoda Kotlib. Hoda, Hoda, she turns 59. And Triple H turns the game triple h turns 54 mick jagger turns 80 and john morant turns 24 and dolph ziggler turns 43 kevin spacey turns 64 kylie jenner turns 26 and a-rod turns 48 helen mirren turns 78 lil uzi burt turns 28 and jordan spieth turns 30. tory lanes uh don't drop the soap tory turns 31 and nurse gochi from who is Salt Bay? You know Salt Bay. He turned 40. Dana White turned 59. And Winnie Harlow turned 29. Charlie Sterren turned 48. And Dak Prescott turned 30. Maya Rudolph turns 51. And Sam Ailey turned 79. And Hope Solo turned 42. Lori Laughlin turned 59. Billy Bob Thurton turned 68. And Mark Cuban turned 65. Anna Schwarzenegger, he'll be back. He'll be back. He turned 76. Lisa Kudrow from Friends. She that's that's Phoebe from Friends. She turned 60. Leslie Odom Jr. turned 42. And Kelly O'Hara from the soccer team. She turned 35. Terry Crews turned 55. And Marcus Houston turned 42. Jeff Gordon, NASCAR Jeff Gordon turned 52. And Ice JJ Fish turned 29. Antonio Banderas, he turned 63. And Jesse Williams turned 42. Um, Tammy, Tammy Rivera, she turned 37. And um, Travi McCoy, he wants to be a millionaire. So freaking bad. He turned 42. Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man, he turned 22. And um, Hillary Swank turned 49. Andre Drummond turned 30. And Patrick Ewing turned 61. Vivica A. Fox turned 59. And Megan Good turned 42. DeMar DeRozan turned 34. Lawrence Fishburne turned 62. Ricky Smiley turned 55. David Robinson, the Admiral, turned 58. J.K. Rawlings turned 58. And Dustin Hoffman turned 86. Wow. Mike Trout turned 32. And Rico Rodriguez, that's from Modern Family. That's Manny from Modern Family, turned 25. Wow. Wesley Snipes turned 61. And Deion Sanders turned 56. Prime time himself. Jalen Hurts turned 25. And Sidney Crosby turned 36. Barack Obama turned 62. And Justin Smith turned 28. Ryan Garcia turned 25. Meghan Markle turned 42. Roger Federer turned 42 as well. Bobby Schmurter turned 29. And Anthony Rizzo turned 34. 
Uh, Rich Dallas, he turned 48. And JC Chazez, he's from um, Backstreet Boys. No, I'm sorry, he's from NSYNC. He turned 47. Uh, Shayna Baszler turned 43. And David uh, DeCovney from X-Files, he turned 63. And finally, 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 Alexa Bliss, she turns 32. We have some honorable mentions. Jackie Onassis, Jackie O, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, passed away in 1994, would have been 94. Um, Whitney Houston tragically died from an overdose back in 2012, would have been 60. Joe Jackson, the father of the Jackson 5 and all the other Jacksons, passed away in 2018, would have been 94. Emmett Till, tragically killed many years ago, back in 1955, when he was just a kid, would have been 82. Estelle Getty, that's Ma from Golden Girls, passed away 2008, would have been 99. King Vaughn, rapper killed back in 2020, would have been 29. Young Dolph, rapper killed in his hometown back in 2021, would have been 38. And finally, Sweetness himself, Walter Payton, passed away back in 1999, would have been 68 years old well that's all the birthdays we have this week guys now back to our show we do not have the rights to this music
house of jewelry. Yeah, yeah. She is still my honey. But true love your cars and love. Yeah, yeah. I almost lose my honey. Open your heart, girl. And let me back in. Yeah. yeah. And you be my queen. And I forever your king. Two wrongs can't make no right. August 5th, as many of you call it, the Montgomery Brawl Day, the day where they need to have cookouts for and and create, uh, make it a, not a national holiday, but a Negro holiday. And everybody was sitting there overjoyed and and, and, and caring about and creating memes at in real time and celebrating all this stuff. And that, on that day, my father took his last breath. And the world for myself and my family is now a darker place. The last time we were here, I was talking about that. And it's so, it's so crazy because the day that that show aired was the day my father passed. That show aired 7.30, I believe, a.m., on August the 5th, 7.30 Pacific time. And um, my father took his last breath at 12.43 p.m. Pacific time. So just, it's just crazy. So that evening I was, I was praying that my father's soul will reach his final destination in a peaceful manner to be welcomed by our ancestors and my little brother. And I'm here to talk about it. And I don't have it, like I said, this is a soapbox. I don't have anything written. I, 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 I'm. I plan to write something. I, I used to write poetry before, and those who are listening who know me from church on, 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 on Black History Month, I will put something together. And um, that was one of my gifts. And I do miss doing it. Um, I do remember this back before I was medicated and being medicated has uh, gave me balance. But uh, what gave me my creativity was the times when I was reading those manic lows. I, I was very creative when I was um, on the other side of the spectrum, the polarizing period of time. And I do also miss the times when I was writing on a high. Yes, I was spending too much money, but man, it's better than any drug you can possibly think of when you're sitting there and you're just having a, a manic episode in a positive direction. But in, in those times, I'm usually spending all kinds of crazy money. And I'm out there in the streets doing God knows what with God knows who, but it felt so good. So, um, so I do miss that. But the problem is sometimes those lows were giving you thoughts of suicide and things of that nature. And we've had suicide in our family, my brother being one and my cousin Nelson being another. So that spirit or, or, or genetic d- d- dysfunction or what have you is still there. And it makes me, and I also realize now, so it could, does come from my mother's side. I can see that in my mother. I saw it in my grandmother. I can see it in some of my aunts that we have those manic episodes. I can see it, I can see the depression there and it bled over to their children, my brother and my cousin off my mother's side. So I also picked up on that. 
And as I see here and I sit here and I see how my father struggled so many years when the doctors gave him five and he went another 10. When he was first diagnosed with his condition way back then, 2008. And I sit here and as he fought for every day, for every moment, because all of his grandchildren were like under 15 except for one. So for 15 years he was suffering, all the kids are under 15 except for one. So none of them even know him how we knew him. And that to him was a problem. In his last days, that was when his complaint. He says, they did, I didn't get a chance to do this, that, and a third with him. I wish I had an opportunity to do this, that, and a third with him. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to leave this world with any form of regret. I actually don't truly believe in regret. Because everything I did led me to where I am. Unless I want to change all of everything, you could, the butterfly effect works again. If I have levels of regret with my daughter be born and my daughter's my entire world, I can't imagine a world without her. Yes, as she's getting older, we're bumping heads, but she's still a great, great, great soul. She's she's awesome. Nobody's perfect, but she's perfect for me. You understand what I'm saying? So I know in the last few years, my dad's my dad's existence, it was not his ideal way. And I, I'll be lying if I told you because of his condition, his illness, how it affected his brain and, and, and the way things were firing off in the system. They started in his lower uh, uh, spine and it moved up to his brain because of the lack of treatment he's taken over the last year. But that last week, even before then, as he started to not remember the days and where he was at times, um, that was tough. But that last week, that to me was heart-wrenching when he lost his speech and um, uh, motor skills and, and even control over his facial expressions. That was extremely tough. That will continuously haunt me. And my, I, I guess I appreciate my sister for saying I was staying to the last moment before they were going to cart him off. But she says, you don't want to stay here and see when they zip your father up in the bag. I said, damn, you're probably right. I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And I know that's no longer him. That's just the shell. I remember as, as I got there, he passed at 1243. I pulled up at 244. It took me so long to get there. I got the call. I was about to make myself some lunch. I was supposed to be there at 12. That's what I intended to do. But I just had such those last two days. I felt like I was hit by a truck. I just had a hard time getting out of bed. I knew the end was coming. And I wanted to be there for his last breath. That's why earlier in the week I just stayed overnight because no one was there. I didn't want I didn't want him to pass in the night when no one was there. Luckily, my mother was there. He waited till she got by his side. She got there around nine. So a few hours she was there. She saw him take his last breath. And I hope that gives her some level of peace. But now she's living in that home alone. And I'm like, we got to figure out how we're going to do this. My sister lives, both my sisters live the closest to her. So I, 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 I can only, I'm, I'm, I'm far over here and, and I got so much going on. I have my business and my daughter is very um, involved. She has something every day this school year. She has jujitsu on Tuesday, Thursday. She has soccer Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. She's going to be doing swimming on Fridays. And when she's done with swimming, that's going to be piano lessons. And on Sunday, she has strength and conditioning. So she's booked. And I'm primary in all those things and still have to run my business. I have up two other streams of income that I'm working. So I don't have a lot of time and I wish I could be there for my mom. 
Because right now, more than ever, she needs me. She lost her son years ago. Now she lost her husband. She lost her mother a year after she lost her son. And now she loses her husband. These people all lived in her home. Big old two-story house. Now it's going to be just echoes. I have to go down there throughout the weeks and sell a lot of the items which get cleared out of her home. Sell my dad's beds and sell a lot of things that are my dad's. Just sell them. And it's just, when you think about it, that's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And um, I don't know how I'm going to make the time. But I have to. My mother needs me more now than ever. And all of you who've lost a father, who lost a parent, you all could relate, I'm sure. And um, and I appreciate all the warm uh, thoughts and prayers coming out. And I will say this, um, I, I realize more so now than ever how, because I've buried someone close to me almost every year for a decade. And it's it's very, it seems like we're all so numb to a sense of people passing. And we all move on so fast because, you know, in America, the bereavement time is only three days. Um, so I remember that my brother passed after we buried him. I didn't take any bereavement time before or after. I just used it for the time we took to bury him. So I, had to, I had to be off so I could carry his casket. And I only took off one day. I took off the day of the burial. I went to work the next day after my brother was buried. No time to process anything. My father's not going to have a burial, so I don't have to take off any time. And no longer do I work for anyone, so I can do what the hell I want. But anyways, um, the, the world just keeps turning. For those who are not in it, people come by for a spell, then they're gone. And then the world keeps moving. And it's like they kind of forget. They just go back to their everyday lives. And we're sitting here stuck in the mess. How do you move on? Do you have to stop? Do you have to stop living? Life is about the living, but how do we remember the dead? Especially when someone was the matriarch of the family and, and everything was based upon their movements. They built this from nothing. And how do you just simply just move on? You still have to raise your children. What did they do when their fathers passed away? They had their own families. They, they couldn't just sit there in it. So how do we muster up the strength to say, we just have to move on? I don't want to forget you, but I have to move on. How do I do both at the same time that I'm in my 40s? I'm still trying to figure this out. I want to navigate this. I need your words of wisdom now. I need you now. The ironic thing is, with your void from this earth, with your void from my life, Michael Stafford Sr., my senior, with you being gone, it's ironically that I need you more now than ever to help me navigate this life without you. How does that work? How does that be? But it's my reality right now. Everyone's saying it's time for you to step up. Now you have to step up. Now you are now the matriarch. Damn. Never thought of it that way. All my nieces and nephews have to look up to me. They have their fathers, but I am the matriarch. I am the last Stafford. The last male Stafford, that is me. That's a lot. Am I ready? I have no choice but to be ready. No more excuses. 
No more putting things off on my mental health issues. No more attempts of suicide. Removing those thoughts of suicide. No more those actions of fits of rage where I almost committed homicide. Multiple times last year, in fact. You have to grow up, as they say. You got to make smarter decisions, as they say. Now, all of your actions are not just affecting you. All of your actions are not just affecting your immediate family, your wife and child. Your actions now are affecting all of them. Your mothers, your sisters, your nieces and nephews. You are over all of that, whether you believe it or not. Yes, they have husbands, but you're also too now part of council. Even though you are the youngest. Remember that. The oldest son, but yet I'm still the youngest. But yet it's still because of how we are raised. This is my burden to bear, and that's okay. And I'm okay with that. I have to be okay with that. I have to get down and go to God first and then go to my ancestors for wisdom and guidance. That's what I have to do. That's what I must do and I will do. But I will say once again, I appreciate all the condolences, but I got, I noticed they all said the same exact words. What do they really mean? It's easy to sit out a comment, condolences with my brother or whatever. You have my deepest condolences and my deepest da, 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 and I keep reading it like it's mundane. It just sends like the brother, my condolences, my condolences, my condolences, my condolences. You're gonna read so many of those. And I have not that I'm unappreciative, but actions move me, not words or even messages. Will you be there to help me and counsel me when my father is not no longer there? Now that my father is gone, it's my first time seeing a message from you. Were you just silently watching me in the background? You knew my father's been sick for many years. Are you going to be there now to step in and counsel me no longer now that he's no longer here? What are you going to do besides condolences? Because you can keep those. That does nothing to me. It actually is more, it's, it's sometimes more of a nuisance than it is a pleasure. I don't look at those as something like, oh, thank you. I don't post those things for, for, for you to, to now put the focus on me and say, whoa, it's me. I don't need your sympathy. I need your assistance. I don't need your pity. I need your guidance. I don't want your money. I want your time. I want your actions. I want you to be present. Don't just show up when it's convenient. Say, ooh, woo, woo, woo. All right, peace. I'll see you next time. Nah. I need real ones in my corner. I don't even need a lot of you, just a few. If you hear this and, and you and you receive this, if this resonates in your soul and your spirit, show me action and I will show you love. I appreciate all you for reaching out. I really do. If I didn't get back to you, just know that I'm doing my grief my way. I got a lot going on. I need to make sure my mom doesn't leave him so clear, so quick behind my father. Can't have it. Can't have it. Gotta be there to catch her because I know she's falling. I gotta find a way to hold it down. I live an hour away, but I gotta find a way to be present and I will do so. I have to, cannot let my fathers down. Last thing my father told me was, son, you're on your own. I got you, dad. I appreciate you for everything you've done. 
Love you so much. I miss you every day. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep Your head to the sky Be optimistic Mm -hmm. But that's it this week, guys. Another great week. Another great show. All right. Thank y'all for visiting one more time for our summertime special. We got those soul boxes out there. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And you got a peek into my soul a little bit further. All right. So the music choices this week, we had two. We had Heat Stroke by Calvin Harris and, and, and others. And Feel It Boy by Beanie Man and Janet Jackson. Go ahead. Give those some spins. Give those some spins. Remember, if you like the show, like it. And, of course, of course, share. And, of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at any hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us to, or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager? whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. It will be good for the servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in that hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Luke 12, 39-46. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace. Peace.